movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For tonight's podcast episode, I have Alex with me from A Town to New Sally. Tell us, everybody. Hello, everybody. And tonight we are reviewing 1998's SNL comedy, and I'm Roxbury. This movie is probably one of my favorite movies with the soundtrack and stuff like that. There is some stuff that wouldn't carry over into a 2021 type of vibe now that we have. And that's something that Alex and I were actually talking about. Now, this was your first time seeing this, right? Yeah, first time ever. Okay. I okay. loved the skit, though. The skits, it was always funny. Seeing Jim Carrey just randomly being involved in it and stuff like that. It it feels like a 90s movie, and not only that, but even with the skit, you can definitely tell that this was a 90s kind of vibe that they were doing with with that skit. And it worked for a skit for five minutes. <clears throat> the only problem is, it's like the movie Superstar when they do an SNL skit. Sometimes things don't transition over perfectly as you want it to be for a 90-minute movie because it's a skit. It's a five-minute skit, so it's actually hard to find a plot point for a skit type of film, although Wayne's World 1 and 2 are the perfect ones that I could say that did that Yeah, and everything. But what about you, though? This is your first time seeing it. Tell me some of your positives and stuff like that. Uh, you know... I, I I do think it is one of those skits, like like you said, you know, d- does it really translate well to the big screen? I actually did love Superstar. <laughs> that 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 has to be my favorite SNL movie. Just anytime she was trying to make out with that tree, and she's like seducing it, it, uh, it kills me. Uh, and honestly, I with this movie, I think if this whole like the whole hour and a half however long this was was just like the skit it was just them repeatedly getting kicked out of bars and traveling to a new bar until eventually it sticks like i think that would have been funny which they do that in a sense they actually do that in the first five minutes they're getting yeah. kicked out of bars we see that but you're hoping that that kind of setting would actually set the st- standard for what we're going to get later on within the movie itself mm-hmm. i get you yeah and i just wanted I was like, I'm, I'm fine with just that. Just keep having them be silly at bars and then getting kicked out. And then eventually there's a bar that accepts them. Right. And then, of course, you know, the biggest one that they want to go to is the Roxbury, which is hard to get into. They go to this other club and get kicked out. And they're all I like the jokes that they're telling to to everybody when they're waiting. Goes, yeah, I was like Emilio. <laughs> it was Emilio Estevez, the Muddy Ducks man. <laughs> I was I was feeling so uncomfortable for them. I was like, oh, no one, no one likes them. They're they're trying so hard. I'm so sad for them. And then they don't even care though. They actually um, they actually know how ridiculous they are, but they just don't care how over the top they are. They think mm-hmm. they are the man, the man, the man. If you think about it, even if they don't even score a number or anything like that, they think that they scored. You, you gotta you gotta admire the the self-confidence that they have and i also loved the the brotherly love they had for each other you know they're always telling each other like you're a good looking dude he's like yeah i am thanks <laughs> he goes well thank you steve thank you doug thank you <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also the uh the, you know what there's just so much fun a little bit of funny stuff in there though too like at the bar when we first see the introduction, which actually what the skit is actually based off of and everything, you do see that introduction. I do like whenever they're bouncing 
back and forth with the girl and stuff like that, and then she walks off. I'm laughing, but at the same time, it also makes me feel a little uncomfortable because of the fact this is now 2021, and that just wouldn't fly in today's time. Yeah. I was like, ooh, a little rapey. But it was it was funny when they were dancing on each other. Right. And they're just <laughs> going crazy. I'm like, that's how I'm going to start doing at the bar. I'm just going to be standing there. just <laughs> No rhythm, no nothing. Just... Just go just, at it. Just see just, what happens. Just letting the music flow through me. If that's how it wants me to flow, I'm not going to disobey it. Right, exactly. I can see a girl randomly coming up to you. What's this dude from? I'm just feeling the rhythm, baby. I'm just feeling the rhythm. Still I'm going rhythm. with it. I'm feeling the music, feeling the vibe. I got this. Don't worry about this. I oh, got I, this. I gave me a headache. I, okay, <laughs> I could probably only do it for a couple of minutes. <laughs> but I also like, what's up? You from out of town? Me, him, you, him, huh? I like that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I said, this actually starts off with Stephen Dog, and they are actually wealthy businessmen, and in their spare time, they enjoy frequently nightclubs where they bob their heads to infusion and Dorn's type of music, uh, electronic dance music, and feel miserably at picking up women. Their goal is to party at the Roxbury, a fabled Los Angeles nightclub where they continually didn't get denied entry by... The Hawking Bouncer, which is played by Kingpin himself from the uh, early part of the 2000s of the Ben Affleck film and also played in The Green Mile, Green Mile. Mm. which Michael is one of my Carter favorite movies. Duncan. Yes, uh, I, I did. I'm not going to lie, because I, I, I loved I loved Michael Clark Duncan, especially Me too. in Green Mile. That was a great movie. If you haven't seen it, watch Green Mile to those watching this. But yeah, when I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, that's Kingpin. Oh, and I, I kind of teared up a little. I was like, I'm, I'm, I miss him, man. I miss him. <laughs> and just to see that comedic side of him was just funny, though, to me. Because when Steve and them come up and Doug, he's like, what's up? Hey. And you guys still can't get in. You guys <laughs> have to wait in line. And then all of a sudden, they see this other guy slip him like a $100 bill. He goes, ah, it's time to play a little softball. They're gonna give him a five. <laughs> you may know my friend Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> what about the other bad boy in the bunch? George Washington and, and George Washington. <laughs> you guys still can't get in. If you're not on the list, you can't get in. And then finally, they're waiting in line, and then they see Richard Richard Grieco in this movie, who makes a cameo appearance, which I think is funny. Of all the uh, Hollywood people that you would actually run into, they run into Richard Grieco, and everything from uh, Twenty One Jump Street, which is actually co really comical if you think about it under the context of how he shows up. Yeah. And I, yeah, I honestly felt embarrassed because I didn't know who Richard Grieco was. <laughs> Like watching this movie, I'm like, oh, Richard Grieco, okay, he's a famous guy. And then they started saying, oh, 21 Jump Street, 21 Jump. And I'm like, oh, he was, he was the other guy with Johnny Depp. Okay, yeah, cool. I'm on board. <laughs> I know, I know people. <laughs> See, I know people too. I got connections. What's <laughs> up? But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, then of course, you know, they he winds up shooing them away and everything because of the fact that the club is now closed. And also, too, then they're, the next morning, they're getting up and everything, and then 
the father is like really controlling. Don't he doesn't believe in them at all or anything like that. And also too, the robes also matches their suits on what they on what they wear from the nightclub. Steve is wearing his um, maroon uh, robe, and then you also have Doug, who's wearing his blue uh, blue uh, robe and everything, and just matches and everything perfectly. Mm. But yeah, I, I just thought, say, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say their outfits were always on point, though. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go shopping after watching this movie. I was like, oh, what, what did Will Ferrell wear? Wear? Yeah, I'll get that. <laughs> Right. And then also, too, another thing that I find that was actually hysterical was like, that's all you guys do is go to bars and that's all you do. And he goes, that's it. I'm taking away your car. <laughs> and he goes, you know what, Dad? You can take away a car. You can take away our our dignity. But you know what you can't take away? Our dreams. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Come on, Steve. We're not... We're not gonna put up with dad no more. <laughs> and then of course he goes, but dad makes a point. Uh-huh. You see? <laughs> one person one kid has their heads up in the up his ass, and the other person has their heads up in the clouds. <laughs> but yeah. He was a lovable doofus. He was. And and, uh, and Doug was just doing way too much. He 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 and what what he what what did they kept doing that made me like what what was that? <laughs> did they just snort a line or something? Like they just kept doing that. Even in the skit, they would do that, and I'm like, why? I don't know. I don't get it. Unless they were trying to go for like an '80s Vice, uh, Miami Vice kind of vibe that they were going for, or whatever, and they were doing that. I don't know what they were mimicking off of that, but I thought it was funny. But I can't help but laugh at how ridiculous it was. Because it's Steve and Doug who's doing it. So, I mean, yeah. you have to expect some ridiculousness from those characters to do something like that, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. <clears throat> but then, of course, you know, the father also owns a flower shop. And they're also working. And I like how, you know, you have Steve, no, Doug, who winds up making this... The, uh, the wedding cake, uh, the wife off the wedding cake, and the husband <laughs> they're at like a nightclub. He goes, hey, let's check it. What's going on? <laughs> let's, let's go, let's get it on. <laughs> and then the father walks in. He goes, what the hell are you doing? He goes, nothing. He goes, quit uh, playing with the arts and crafts for the cake. He goes, it's not arts and crafts. I'm making a jungle themed club in here. <laughs> it's just hysterical. Just how they how they were behaving in this movie reminded me a lot of Step Brothers. Yeah. I don't think they say their age in this movie, but I'm pretty sure these guys are at least in their 30s. Yeah, I would like to say Will Ferrell was like really young during this time. I think maybe in the third 30s and stuff like that. Chris Catan also played another in another movie I like. Corky Romano was also another movie he played in that I liked and everything too. And of course, he played a little bit part in House on Haunted Hill, the remake. Oh, really? Yeah, he played uh, the caretaker or something like that Whoa, wow. for the remake. That's cool. So he, yeah, he played a little small bit part in it, but you know, it was it was fun just seeing Chris Kattan in it. 
but he doesn't really play in anything much now. I wish that I, I liked him as an actor. I just wish that, that he would have been um, playing in more stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but also too, um, also there's a there's also this other thing that happens with the credit card. This other person comes up, the customer comes up to him, he goes, um, yeah, he goes, yeah, that'd be like 60 bucks. So he goes on ahead and pays with the credit card, but he's like, but wait, I have to make sure it's not stolen. So he calls up Critic Vixen to see if it's actually stolen or not. He goes, okay, okay, Doug, uh, swipe the card. He goes, oh, yeah, you like that? You like how I swiped it? I'm like, yeah, this definitely would not be. <laughs> but she's laughing it off, though. She's actually, uh, you can definitely tell there's something there that she likes about Doug, in a sense, that she actually gets his humor. He goes, yeah, Doug, it's fine. You can go now. <laughs> She approves. She approves. Approves. <laughs> that that was also that 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 was the, stuff like that in comedy movies is always kind of strange to me. It's just like, oh no, in no realistic scenario would someone think that's attractive and you'll be able to develop chemistry from it. Like if I was the credit card person and someone's like, Yeah, you like it when I swipe it, I'd be like, I don't like this. <laughs> Then it would be like a State Farm commercial. You like that, Jake? You like how I swipe it? I can swipe it all night. You like, you like this, Jake, from State Farm? <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't like that, Jake. I don't like that. I can see if there was anybody else, they would have actually hung up on him. But unless you share that same humor, I don't see that actually working out for you in your favor, to be honest. Right. <laughs> you can definitely tell this is not a movie that's actually realistic. <laughs> At all, but you know, it has its moments. <laughs> but uh, there's also another thing too that winds up happening too. The the, the father's shop is actually next door to this uh, light this light bulb place that sells light bulbs. And so it happens to be the owner has a daughter named Emily. Emily just got back from college, and she likes Steve, and everything. And she go, and goes, you know what? You should really, you and uh, Steve would actually make great kids. No, Dad, stop it. I would not. And then Doug goes on ahead and goes, Steve, Steve is not even interested in her. <laughs> Just being a total douchebag towards Emily. But Emily is not that great of a person either, though. Yeah, which you find out later, and, and we'll, we'll <clears throat> talk about it in a bit. But what, what's that actress name again? I just learned it. And <sighs> What it's like some Molly Shannon. Thank you, Molly Shannon. Her and Will Ferrell, because anytime they're together, they have the best on-screen chemistry. They're both so ridiculous. And, and Molly Shannon by herself is hilarious. So it was awesome to see her in this. And I was like, oh wait, she's in this too? Okay. Anytime her and Will Ferrell are together, it's gonna be magic because they just they just do so much. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> I knew that you would come through for me on that. Thank you. <laughs> hey, guys. At the Night at the Roxbury is hilarious movie. Molly Shannon's the actress name. Yep. <clears throat> Appreciate it, man. This is, but yeah. Um, I also liked her on Ricky Bobby, though, too. She played uh, one of the pe sponsors, I think, that was in there. And she goes, I love the vibrations from the car. And oh, the yeah. <laughs> But yeah, whenever her and Will 
Ferrell's on there. It's just spot on comedy, which works. It doesn't feel forced. It just feels natural. Right. And it's actually hard to have that on-screen chemistry. And then also, too, when she gets introduced and everything, she goes, by the way, I just got back from college and everything. And let's just say I know how to go down on somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the people that you're trying to pick up on, but you're not picking up on this one. <laughs> but There's so many and, orgies at college. I'm, right. I'm like, it's oh, like, Molly Shannon, the GOAT. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she's a real good girl, Dad. Yeah, bunch of orgies for your son. <laughs> girl said, nah. <laughs> but what what else did you like about this, though? Some of the other stuff. Uh, I, it, you know, it was it, it was kind of hard because you know it was just I I'm a fan of Will Ferrell, and I I like how no matter what comedy he's in, he's he never feels. He never feels like he's forcing it. It just feels like they're just like, hey, you don't have a, any lines. Just just improvise. And I feel like it's just him being natural. So he, he's always fun to watch. And my wife was telling me about this, too, and I kind of agree. I was getting like a Bill and Ted vibe yeah. specifically from Will Ferrell. You know, it's just the way he talks, man, is kind of like Keanu, how Keanu Reeves did. Right. Which makes sense because it's in California mm -hmm. and has that surf, uh, surfer type dude kind of attitude, if you think about it. So that actually does play in favor with the whole dude thing that you're mentioning from Bill and Ted. So it does fit the vibe to it. It's very California ist, if you think about it. That's how we're out out here, bro. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and smoke me a fat boy. <laughs> rip some waves dude ride, ride the big waves ride the big waves dude <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh then there's also the other part with the police officer when she pulls him over because you got a date with honey the police officer way to go <laughs> gotta meet her in court <laughs> sweet ass sweet <laughs> I, I I didn't recognize her at first until she showed up later in the end of the movie. But I was like, that's Stifler's mom. That's right. Was, that was Stifler's mom. Okay, I was yeah. so happy. I, <laughs> another actress that I grew up loving, thinking she's hilarious, but I can't remember her name. And if Charlie's I, still there, can you help us out, bud? <laughs> phone a friend. What's, what's her name? The, the actress that played Stifler's mom. But yeah, I didn't recognize her either, although she was actually quite a little bit younger uh, in this one than compared to that. Yeah. Hottie, the police officer. I was really looking forward to our court meeting. Jennifer Coolidge. That's her name. Jennifer Coolidge. Thank you. Appreciate it, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, Hottie, the police officer. I was really looking forward to her record. Yeah. <clears throat> then um, after that winds up happening, of course, the next day, that's when we went into the whole other thing. But then they're on the beach. They're walking around and they're on Speedos. <laughs> and like, you know what? I'm tired of taking it every single day. We're going to show the man who's boss. 
we're going to go ahead. We're going to march up to the Roxbury and they're going to let us in. But how are they going to let us in? There's no way they can let us in. We don't have anything. Because <laughs> that's because we've been stopping our own selves. We've been slowing our own selves down. And you know what? Tonight, we're going into the Roxbury. Now, tell me that. Now, let's say this Roxbury. Roxbury. Oh, hey. Hey, pretty ladies. What's up? <laughs> hey, what's up? What's up? Hey. What's up? You're from out of town? In their Speedos. <laughs> Will Farrell, lightweight caking in the Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> Not as hairy Fer uh, Will Farrell that we know him from today. He, to me, yeah. he was like less hairy back in the 90s compared to now. When he was still young, the hair <laughs> catches up to you. I'm not going to lie, though. I was like, they're kind of rocking those Speedos. I might have to do that, too. Once summer comes rolling back, Speedo time at the beach. I'll post pictures on Insta. <laughs> and my then all of a sudden you just lose to, your followers. My followers have something to look forward to. <laughs> I go from what I have now to whoop, zero. <laughs> By the way, you can follow Alex on A-Town Reviews on uh, OnlyFans. For on OnlyFans, his, his Speedo photos will be available for $15. It's only fifteen dollars a month. Eight tower reviews on Holt only fans. I do entire movie reviews, no clothes on. Oh, I need boy. to get paid. I need my I need my bills paid. I'll be working up in here, but yeah, we, we might be onto something, John. We might we might have to invest into that. We might have to go to the dark side, Charlie. We might have to go into OnlyFans. OnlyFans movie. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, this is what Eric Wally says. Doug, you can take our phones and you can take our keys, but you cannot take away our dreams. Steve, yeah, because we're like sleeping when we have <laughs> Thank you for that reminder. That Thank you. <laughs> and Charlie said, count them out on the OnlyFans. A matter of fact, I even told them I said we're doing. I'm doing TikTok uh, stuff now, promoting my stuff on TikTok. Because yeah, no, thank you, that's not happening. <laughs> you gotta get on the TikTok way. TikTok and OnlyFans. That's where the money's at these days. <laughs> um, but also too, another thing too is the father's also having this party for uh, Emily and her parents and everything, and that's actually his way of trying to get in the way of Doug and Steve. Because he wants them to be together. And getting rid of Doug is probably the best thing that for Steve, according to his father. Then, of course, you know, he goes, well, Lindley, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to I'm going out right now. And then he, they leave. I, I'm just I'm not going for verbatim. I'm going for verbatim here. I'm not I'm not I'm just paraphrasing. But uh then, of course, the mother goes, hey, you forgot these. And it's these huge cell phones from the 1980s and 90s. <laughs> Looks like stuff from World War I. They're bigger than the Nokia cell phone that we had. Uh, hello. <laughs> I liked the mom. I was like, oh, yeah. she's, she's such a sweetheart. She was like, oh, our, our sons love to party. Here you go, boys. Be boys, safe. Safe. And you see, she was actually support, more supportive to their dreams than the father was. And that's something yeah. that I really appreciate. At least someone believed in them. Yeah. The father, on the other hand, not so much. He reminds me of the Italian fathers and stuff like that in the uh, in those mafia movies where they don't believe in their sons at all. and just like a real hard ass. 
And that's what I got from this uh, from this character was the fact that he's a mafioso kind of father who is old school mentality, who believes in hard work and dedication and anything that you do and fulfill that you get what you what you have. Mm-hmm. And Steve and them don't want to do the flower shop thing. They want to open up their nightclub. No one believes in them, but the mother does. Yeah. So I really liked and appreciated that aspect. Yeah. And they do have that hard work and dedication aspect to their specific dream, but it's not for, but it's not the dream of the father. You know, right. that's, you know, I'm, and I'm glad they touched up on that, that a bit, you know, he's like, Oh, Doug is just like me. Like I was doing the same stuff that Doug was doing. I was going against my father all the time, you know? Right. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, there, you know, there's some, there's some relation. There's some stuff that you can actually enjoy out of that you can relate to and stuff like yeah. that in certain aspects of it, which is something I really do appreciate. Then, of course, you know, they're looking for an ATM machine. So the way they can pay the bouncer. <laughs> is, is that an ATM machine? No, that's a Popeyes. Oh, okay. What about that one? No, that's not that's not one either. What about that one? No, that's not it. Next thing you know, they're being into Richard Grieco. <laughs> and Richard Grieco is just doing stuff so the way he doesn't get sued. Because he's actually driving an illegal Lamborghini. <laughs> He's like, oh, they're doing, they're doing the neck thing, <laughs> but they're doing. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're doing the neck thing. I'm going to jail. Um, so what what can I do for you guys, Richard Rico? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Eric Wally. Don't forget about the greatest story of all time. They meet Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Ducks man. <laughs> Emilio. Emilio! <laughs> I was there. I was outside. <laughs> you should have been there. I, I was. Huh? <laughs> but then, of course, they run. Like I said, they run, bang into Richard Grieco. They wind up going into the Roxbury because he doesn't want to get sued. But I like how uh, Doug is like, you see, that's because he's an actor and he knows that we are passionate about what we're doing and he sees something in us. And then. The girlfriend looks at Richard Grieco and goes, why do we have to go to the Roxbury? I just don't want to get sued. <laughs> was that fair? So they go into the nightclub finally, and then, of course, that's when they meet Mr. Zazir and everything. Richard Grieco walks out, and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> they're talking about business at the nightclub. And then you see these other two money-hungry girls over there, and you can tell that they're just not in it for Steve and Doug. They're in it for themselves. And they see them with the suits on. It gives you an indication that maybe they might actually have money because, number one, they have the suits. Number two, they're talking to Zazir, the business owner of the club and everything. And so, therefore, they're trying to find ways of actually getting to get to talk to Steve and Doug. Mm -hmm. But Doug is over there talking about the inside-outside nightclub. (laughs) What did you think about this crazy idea? You know, when he pitched it, I know it's supposed to come off as, like, stupid sounding but i was like i i can dig it you know people can party while they're waiting in line so they don't feel left out and then the inside is like outside yes. theme like like when it shows it at the end too I was, I was just like that's a cool vibe actually i can dig it that'd be nice if outside the in the line of a club there's like couches and you know a little bar you know that's like that was 
Okay. That was Yeah, because then you don't feel as bummed out about not getting in. At least you got onto the outside, which is supposed to be the inside of the club. <laughs> You're technically <laughs> in the inside. <laughs> but, you know, at least you have the vibe of what the club would be like if you were in the inside of it. You know, so it does mm. make uh so it does make sense. I mean, it would actually be pretty cool, but I wonder if that'd be public intoxication with the with the bar being there. <laughs> Only thing. Right. Uh, then, of course, Mrs. Zier goes, Dewey, did you grab my ass? Did you grab my ass? Yeah. <laughs> Sir, it would be mathematically impossible for me to grab your ass from over here. I was like, what, what was his deal with that? I was just like, we need this guy to have a catchphrase. Like, you grab my ass? No. No. In Florida. <laughs> He's up to his tricks. I know you. <laughs> but it kind of has like this Al Pacino kind of vibe from Carlito's way, in a sense. That's what I got from Mrs. Azir. He has like that Al Pacino thing, like, hoo kind of thing. Did you grab my ass? Did you grab <laughs> You know? That's what I got, got out of it. And then, of course, because look, boys, you look like great boys. But let's not talk here. Let's go back to my place and everything. Let's have a party. But also, too, this is also when we have uh, the two girls. Uh, Charlie, help me out. What's the name of the character's name? Two, two of the girls. It's uh, Vibica, and there's also another girl that they walk in with. It's, uh, okay, it's Vibica and Candy. That's the two girls. Cam Cammy or Candy? Candy. C-A-M-B-I. Yeah, oh. Candy. Oh, what were her Can parents thinking? <laughs> Stripper. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> You're gonna grow up to be a stripper. Stripper. No. Like, oh. But Thanks, I like the Dad. dance, I like the dance choreography with this, where they're just all just slapping their each other's yeah. ass. And <laughs> that that and was like, fun. It was like the girls were playing along, so they were <laughs> anything to get the money, you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, can be. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, but yeah, in clutch. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, Vivica and Camby, they're over there grabbing uh, Steve and Doug's ass. They're grabbing their her ass. And I like how Mr. Zero goes, there's a lot of ass grabbing on going down there. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, after the dance choreography, then next thing you know, they want to get like Cool Whip for the party. <laughs> Just pull over. King Cool Whip. I'm like, yes. And then, of course, this is also another thing, once again, with the credit card. It's like, they're building that romance up. Yeah. I'm like, that's going to be, that's going to play in later. Did you think that it would actually play in later, or did you think that it wasn't because of the way that it was actually shot? I was, I, I was thinking just, just how, you know, she showed up periodically at random points. I was like, okay, she's, she's going to be a end of the movie type of romance, I bet. Yeah, to be honest with you, at first when I first saw this in like seventh grade, I was thinking to myself, "How is is this going to be linked into like later on?" But then once you once once you see it, you realize, okay, so they did try to put a little bit of romance at the end of it. But you know, then of course she winds up swiping the card, and then that's when uh, he winds up swiping the card for her and everything. Goes well. Guess what I got into. I got into the Roxbury. 
like, no, Doug, you're in a liquor store. <laughs> store. <laughs> no, before sweetness. Before. <laughs> well, anyways, it's a pr you're approved, Doug. Okay, thank you. And he's just over there in a daze, like... <laughs> then he goes, she approved. And just <laughs> walks off and everything. And the limo driver's really pissed off at them. You can tell that, that he was just really irritated at them. And he just wanted to get rid of them for the night. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, we see Mr. Zazir and everything. And then he just wants a party. He doesn't care about business or anything like that. He wants to set up a meeting for the next day. <clears throat> then, of course, Vivica and them go into their own room. And Canby goes into their own room. And at this point, Steve and them are trying to ask them 21 questions. <laughs> and he's like, hey, 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 is that a mirror in your pocket? Why? Because I can see myself wearing them. <laughs> it was like, you don't, you don't need to do the catch pickup lines anymore. We're, we're already about to have sex, dude. <laughs> right. Well, even Canby says the same thing. She goes, look. We're already past that. You're, you're way past the pickup lines. You don't have to worry about that. And it's just not getting through to Doug. He just keeps on doing it. So it gets to the point where Camby's like, you know what? Maybe this guy is just role playing. Maybe I needed to go ahead and do what he does, what he's doing. <clears throat> then, of course, then in the next room, you see Doug with Vivica. And this is when she's he's like, so what kind of animals do you have? And she's taking off his pants as... <laughs> As she's telling cat. <laughs> oh, cat. Okay. I'm more of a dog person, you know. <laughs> but I'm gonna let you talk a little bit too. Just so 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 oblivious. At first I thought like, oh, they're being oblivious. So I'm like, oh, they might be they might be scared to have sex, actually. I was like, they're about that life until it actually happens. Until it happens. <laughs> And, you know, the thing that I found that was really funny, though, is at that point, Doug is actually on top of the TV, crawling away from her and everything, too, because I'm not going to go through the other pickup lines that they say and everything, because, you know, that's just, to me, is corny in a sense, because it's the 90s, especially whenever he looks at the tag and goes, just what I thought, made in heaven. But... <laughs> But then she starts doing it back to him, and he goes, "Hey, Doug, is that a nice? You have a nice body. What would you? What would you say if you held it against me?" And he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" Because <laughs> hey, hey, <boy. laughs> it catches him off balance a little bit to the point now he's starting to uh, pull away from her, and also too on top of the TV, he gets on top of the TV, and this is before flat screen TVs, everybody. <clears throat> So they were thick, right? Five hundred pound TVs, <laughs> right? Back in those days, <laughs> they can hold two people, which is more than what the Titanic on the door could hold with Jack. But anyways, <laughs> that's a story for another day. But you know, then you see Doug on uh, Steve on the other room, and then the and she and Vivica is actually actually asking him. So this is your first time? He goes no. Yes, is it yours? And then you see this grin on their faces whenever Steve and Doug are both doing that. And then it cuts into the next scene afterwards. But what did you think about this uh, scene? I I thought it was funny because it was just like the how what they would do to women, it was suddenly flipped on them and they didn't know how to respond. 
when someone's being very aggressive with them. So it's kind of like, oh, there's there's some payback for being pretty rapey throughout the whole movie, which, you know, I know, 98, different time, but that still doesn't make it right. But no. I can say, well, it was the 90s. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's it's still bad. And, you know, right. I, I don't blame people for enjoying it then, but, you know, it's still bad. Right. But, I thought it was really funny when it was like 43 seconds later and they come running out. Did you just, uh, I just did it too. Huh, I'm going to go back in. See, you do it again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 43 seconds. Happens yep. to the best of us. <laughs> it's the best of the best. The best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that. I I understood that reference. <laughs> I understand. I cheers uh, to that. Then on the way to the after the party and everything, this of course is to where they both get the numbers from the girls. Because we got a number. <laughs> we did. <laughs> to be honest with you, that's actually how I felt on my seventh grade dance <laughs> whenever I first got my first girlfriend. <laughs> a number. Yay. I got, and then at that time, that's when Hurricane George was coming. <laughs> so I'm like, figures, my luck. Can't plan anything right. Darn. But luckily, she didn't move because the first thing I was thinking, this girl probably moved, forgot about me. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Did you know Ava Mendez was on the bridesmaid during the Steve and Emily's forced wedding? Yeah. <clears throat> Eva Mendez just popped up out of nowhere. I was like, She's in this movie. Hi, yep. Eva. <laughs> and by the way, I have a huge crush on her, though, as well. Oh, yeah. She's such a beautiful woman, though. So beautiful. I loved her in Hitch. Yeah, Hitch was great. She was great in that. The great movie, but she was great in that. Yeah, she was definitely great in Hitch. I definitely liked aspects of Hitch. Hitch has some problems. But Eva Mendes shined in that movie, though, to be honest with you. She, there was another movie that was awful, but I also loved her in. I also liked good. her in Out of Time with Denzel Washington. That was also another one. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. But it was a black and white movie. Uh, the Spirit. Okay, yeah. The Spirit. She was in that, and I liked her in that. And, of course, Steve hits her on her during the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Just met her. Sup? From out of what's town. Up? What's up, pretty lady? What's up? Oh, oh I'm like, oh. Uh oh. What happened? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's just me for a few seconds. How's everyone doing? Experiencing technical difficulties as I am now all by myself. There he is. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of tech issue, real quick. But yeah, uh, so anyways, <laughs> thank you for filling in with Pauline Dion. I do appreciate you. Nice of you. But <laughs> so anyways, on Karaoke Movie Lovers Tonight, we're going to talk about, um, so anyways, on the way, uh, the brothers are annoying each other and everything too, because the bodyguard is also trying to throw them out of the building and stuff like that. But, you know, of course we actually have the, thing where they're actually in the elevator dancing to the instrumental music and stuff like that and then of 
Hathaway song, What is Love? And then, of course, you know, they act like they're big businessmen. They have their matching clothes on yet again. And then, of course, too, this is also when they wind up tripping and falling on, on the wet floor. <laughs> and then they go up to the receptionist, and that's when they're meeting up with the limo driver. He goes, by the way, Mr. Zazir said that you're the biggest losers that he actually had to deal with. And those, and by the way, the whipped cream thing was a big hit at the party. Because then all of a sudden you see Doug going, I knew it would be a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to let you talk about some of the other scenes, though, that stands out for you that you really enjoyed. Yeah, that actually made me sad. It was just like, no, he doesn't care. He, he picks up people all the time and gives them, oh, meetings, you know, and you'll just see their disappointed faces. I was like, oh. That, then, that was sad. And then at first I was, and then afterwards, I think Steve starts getting with Emily. Because, you know, because then, yeah. They, yeah, he starts getting with Emily. And at first I was excited about it. I was like, oh, that's going to be the end of the movie relationship because, you know, she's been going after him the whole movie and it seemed like he liked her, but it was Doug that was pulling him away. So I was like, yeah, go get your happiness, Steve. But then it like flips the script on you and it makes Emily this overbearing, controlling, like only focused on the business merger of their families, businesses. Right. And I was like, oh, she, they're making her mean? No. No, I really liked her. I didn't. And that, that was really disappointing. I wanted them to be a thing. This, I was like, oh, okay. So Doug was right the whole time? I think Doug was trying to protect him from Emily because she he knew the kind of influence that she would have on him mm -hmm. and everything, too. It wasn't so much of him being a douchebag towards her. It was the fact that he was just trying to protect his brother in his own way and everything because he wasn't jealous of him. It was just the fact that yeah, they're trying to achieve their great dreams, but at the same time, the father's being involved in it, trying to steer them away from each other. Then also, too, you also have Emily, who's also trying to steer them away from each other as well, even though they both got jealous of each other and started, uh, they actually had a fight because of the fact that Vivica and the uh, the other girl winds up breaking up with them mm -hmm. and everything because they didn't like the fact that they were florist <laughs> and they're not rich. But, you know... It's just brotherly love and everything because it's just the brother looking out for the other brother and everything, which something is not something I appreciated. Also, too, I like the fact that it's flipped the switch because just because the girl looks nice on the outside, on the inside, she can also be ugly. That's true. <clears throat> so That's true. I definitely love that aspect because I actually dated some girls that were just like her to the point where I actually, and I'm in agreement with how she would, how. Emily was treating Doug, uh, not Doug, but Steve. And mm. Steve is still messed up because his brother's not talking to him. He's living in the, uh, even though they only live like next door to each other in the pool house and everything right across. But still, there's that missing of that brother and everything too, you know? But, you know, then I'll, you see her throwing away his disco ball. You see him, see her ripping off his chain that him and his brother wear. You see things that belongs to just the two of them. And now it's no longer just the two of them. Now there's this uninvited guest who's Emily now being in that room that Doug and Steve used to share. Yeah. And then also to them having sex in the pool. And then of course, 
Of course, uh, Doug goes on and gets the whipped cream to blur it out. Uh, let's see here. Charlie says, it's pretty funny during an episode of AEW Dynamite, there was a live wedding which never works out live on air. LOL. The whole crowd started to sing that what is love song. Oh, That was funny. That would be fun- hilarious to see, to be honest with you, dude. Like Just going to an AEW event is already fun, but and everyone starts singing what is love perfect night exactly <laughs> but you know uh, then of course i like how steve is worried about doug and he's like i'm really missed uh doug dad he's next door you can go on and see him. but there's no hbo <laughs> he's got cinemax but there's no hbo <laughs> he's 10 feet across from you, from you. And then, of course, he's trying to get married to Emily and stuff like that. And also, too, Emily also forces herself onto Doug to get her way to propose to him, to, for him to propose to her. Mm-hmm. And all he said, you have to like we're married. And he didn't even say that they he wanted to get married to her. He just said the word, you act like we're married. And all of a sudden, she's right on top of him riding him. And. Good old Molly Shannon fashion. <laughs> right. <laughs> and talking how can, about... How, how can I make this sexual experience as weird as possible? Get mm-hmm. Molly Shannon on the job. <laughs> also, too, you also have uh, another person that does the workout instructor in this movie, too. Which is just hilarious, though, too. Uh, God, what's his name? I can't... I, Charlie, I know what's his name? Because I know he's related to another actor. Nick, It's not Nick Nolte or anything like that, but it's another actor that he's related to. And But he also played in uh, Lethal Weapon 1, mm-hmm. the villain in that one, that which is, but this is this guy's son. And, you know, he goes, so what do I do, Steve? What do I do? Do I just, uh, I know I'm the best man, but what do I do? Do I, he goes, you just stand there. Oh. <laughs> So I don't. So do I go on ahead and just interrupt whenever you need me, or what? <laughs> and so just, then I'll get my back like a spotter. <laughs> sure. <laughs> then of course you know they're getting ready to get married, and all of a sudden uh, Don comes out with a boombox, and he has that song "What Is Love," and he's over there bobbing his head, and then you actually have the dialogue between Richard Grieco and the father. And having this like 21 Jump Streets uh, drama type of dialogue <laughs> and everything. He's saying that pretty much he, uh, just to sum it up, basically just telling him that, hey, you need to let your kids go and let them grow and let them explore and do their thing and everything, even though you don't agree with it. So I thought that was a beautiful moment, even though he doesn't want to get sued. <laughs> because he also says it again. <laughs> So I don't get sued. I'm like, you already done a lot. I don't think they're gonna see you anymore at this point. But keep being nice, Richard Grieco, <clears throat> who I totally known all about for a long time already. Right, for like 15, 10 minutes of the film. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I thought it was. Then, I, then of course, you know, then we wind up going to like the ending of the movie and everything, where they finally meet. Up, of course, with the police woman. Then you also meet up with the uh, the other credit card swiper th- girl and everything too. 
and then they wind up dancing. But I like how they make fun of themselves at the end of it. It's like, so do you like this song? No, I'm getting kind of tired of it. <laughs> and then because they've been playing it all through the movie, <laughs> it's the whole movie. They were just slapping it. <laughs> right. So you know, all in all, I I find myself laughing at some of it, and other parts I'm like. To be honest with you, it's not as funny as I remember as growing up. Yeah. I mean, but the soundtrack still kicks ass. I love the soundtrack. Dope soundtrack. Which I own. I still own that <laughs> soundtrack. Uh, let's see. Credit Vixen. and Yeah. Credit Vixen was the character's name. But what, overall, what's your thoughts on, on this as a, as a whole? You know, first off, I got to say that I did absolutely love the ending mostly because like i like that dub got with the credit card lady but i totally forgot about the cop from the where that gave that gave steve the ticket so like when she's like oh and i have my friend and it was the cop i was like oh that's so awesome it was like it was like a plot twist that wasn't meant to be a plot twist i guess but it, it was really exciting for me i like wanted to tear up because i'm like oh they're both with people who understand them. Like them and right. they like them back. And it's just all genuine. It's nice. And it warms my heart. And I like that. They also get their club. Like the businessman wasn't shady about it. You know, he was like, no, I made it for you. This is yours. And I was like, ah, oh, happy ending. I love happy endings. Always make me just happy, happy. Right. <laughs> but overall for me, I feel like this is a movie I could only watch and enjoy by myself, <laughs> you know, it's just, it is I, such a dude movie though, to be honest. Yeah. It is it's very much a dude movie is. And, but like, if I watch it with my wife or anyone else for that matter, I'm like picking apart everything. I'm just like, okay, I understand the 11% rating. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, like you're I being whipped it. by your, it's like you're being whipped at the being punished for. Yeah for watching it like, like this is awful this is really awful but i enjoy it <laughs> it's like it's like when burger king had those mac and cheetos have you ever had those yeah oh so for those of you that don't know mac and cheetos were cheeto puffs stuffed with macaroni and cheese and it is disgusting for you it is the worst possible thing you can eat but i loved it so much it tasted so good <laughs> That was this movie. <laughs> this movie was a Mac and Cheeto. Okay, I gotcha. For me as a whole, though, I liked how they're actually pretending that they're, act well, of course, are the business owners. And he goes, you know what? Do that needs more. You know what this needs? More cherries. Good call. <laughs> Good call, <laughs> Steve. Ooh, diabetes <laughs> is what Charlie said. <laughs> Means Jim Carrey for a sequel. Hilarious sketch on SNL. Yep, it was definitely a great sketch on SNL. Oh yeah, I I would I would watch a sequel. I know I, I'm 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 pretty against like making sequels to popular movies from 20 years ago, but I'll I'll let this one slide because it got 11 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's like <laughs> it, it can't get any worse. If they can actually put it in like a 2021 type of vibe and have those characters fleshed out a little bit more to where maybe we'll have a lot more comedy with it working off of the feminist stuff and things like that, mm -hmm. I think it could actually work. And also have Jim Carrey there 
and everything too, as like the long lost brother and everything and stuff like that, or somewhere or another what, how they're actually connected, right? And everything. But for me, overall, I I still find myself enjoying the film, but not as much as I used to enjoy it, just because some of the stuff that they actually do in this film is actually pretty much cringeworthy, in a sense. And I like. I like some of the jokes. Some of the jokes really lands, and then some of them is really outdated, especially the pickup lines that Doug uses that never ever actually work on anybody. And then there's uh, some of the other stuff, the other elements that I didn't really care for either the over-sexualization of women and how they actually handle that and everything. It's okay to see it in the bar scene, but as far as you know, over-sexualization when it comes down to the tight clothing, pushing their boobs up to where they can actually, where the girls can, might get lucky to where they can score off of these other guys and mooch off of them and stuff like that. But I do like how they switch it off of the guys and and then they all of a sudden, the guys don't know what to do whenever the girls are now doing the pickup lines. I do like that aspect. Yeah. But as a whole, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's it's it's, you know... I want to say it's like a raisin cookie where you're expecting a chocolate chip, but instead you get a raisin cookie. And this is also why you have trust issues. So, <laughs> so yeah, I would actually put it in that kind of category. Like if you're like, oh, this is raisin, but it's still a cookie. <laughs> right. And I will eat this. This is like the only one thing in my house. Oh, but, yeah. but still, overall, still a little bit of a fun movie, but. I still enjoy it in certain aspects. But yeah. with that being said, Alex, where can everybody follow you at? Uh, so you can find me at A-Town Reviews on YouTube. You can also follow me on Instagram or Twitter at A-TownAlex3, the number three. So go ahead and follow me. I'd love to meet you all. Have Let's chat it up. Let's talk about movies. And yeah, thank you so much for having me again, John. You're welcome, man. It's always a blast having you on here. And everything and just talking back and forth and doing some improv stuff that we never <laughs> thought about doing in the first place. All the stuff that we did was pretty much improv. We didn't even talk about doing any kind of skits or anything like that and things. Like, so I do appreciate you being on the show and just us just goofing off and having a good time with it. Uh, so much fun every time. Welcome, man. So with that being said, guys, go on ahead and donate to the Red Cross. I teamed up with two girls. Two uh blur girls podcast and we're just selling sensies all the sensi stuff goes over to the people who lost their homes in louisiana and stuff like that um and then all the proceeds go over to the red cross so there therefore you can actually donate some money over there of course if you guys want to donate to us all you have to do is go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast donate to five ten ten dollars over there if you want to if you don't a simple like a simple share goes a long way over here so smash that like button smash that share button smash that little bell in the bottom right hand corner to let everybody know that we have certain things coming up a matter of fact we have a trailer that's dropping tomorrow that charlie and i just reacted to which is the hawkeye trailer so you guys don't want to miss out on that then of course guys to uh tuesday i actually have frenchie on coming on with me at eight o'clock central time nine o'clock eastern six o'clock pacific time with charlie we're going to be just breaking down the matrix trailer talking all things matrix and then wednesday i have rifka rays from school of rock coming on and we're doing a catching up episode with rifka rays and that's at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time for that one. Wednesday night, it's up in the air on what we're doing, but stay tuned for more and further details on what we're doing on, on Wednesday night. Wait, 
Wednesday night is actually Rifka race. My bad. So Wednesday night is Rifka race. Tomorrow night is actually the matrix talk. And Thursday is our seven days of hell review that we're doing. Uh, Charlie and I are doing uh, that's actually part of HBO Max. And then, of course, you guys can go on ahead, go over to Good Pods and everything. Rate us over there on Good Pods. It's an app for people that love podcasting or listen to podcasts. Rate us on, on Good Pods and everything. It's so much better than Apple Podcasts. It gives us a way to actually interact with you. Of course, you know, you guys can get your, this episode and many more of our episodes where you guys get your podcast from. And then, of course, if you want to, go on ahead, head over to Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit over there. That's where you guys can follow me at. And then, of course, if you're a sponsor would like to be on the show, just go on ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And, of course, you guys can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest underneath the same brand name on Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite over there. And then follow me at Movie Lovers Unite Zero on TikTok. And that's where you guys can reach me at. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Bye-bye.